Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Well, hello. It's so wonderful to have you here this week. We have such a beautiful guest that we're connecting with, my old friend Nadia, who is living in Australia and from Australia, Nadia Stinga Rehani. And I'm just so excited to introduce you to her. We're having a conversation that many, many people have written in or asked me to talk more about, which is perimenopause and how to support yourself when you're going through perimenopause, when you're sort of in your 40s, um, in your 50s, entering menopause, um, moving through that stage of life where things are changing. Your hormones are up and down. Your cycle isn't regular anymore. You're maybe experiencing some of the more annoying symptoms like hot flashes or um, some anxiety can come up. And Nadia is specifically looking at women's health and how to support women's health through movement, through diet, um, with some supplements and different things you can do to help ensure that you have consistent energy and make some of these symptoms as minimal as possible. And so this is a really, really wonderful conversation with Nadia. And it's just so interesting to me, you know, as women, we're very, very fortunate here in Um, you know, first world countries where we have a lot of options. We also talk about a very intense accident that Nadia was in where she broke her pelvis in many different areas and had to basically learn to rewalk again. Uh, The doctors weren't sure she was ever going to be able to walk again. And her journey from having to rebuild not only her yoga practice and the way she was taking care of herself prior to that point, but also her entire life, even her ability to walk. So it's a pretty amazing story, which I know you're going to love. But it also made me think about um, how there's many women in other countries like India that don't have the resources from their government or from society or from their friends and family and neighbors uh, to support them if they're going through time like this where they need to make a career change or even they don't have work, right? So what what do they do? And this is where um, I'm such a big supporter of Yoga Gives Back because it's because of the work that Yoga Gives Back does along with their partner NGOs in India that this money that's raised goes directly to the women um, in the form of microloans and also into scholarship funds for their daughters so their daughters can um, increase their education and continue into higher education and then that opens so many doors so many possibilities for them and their futures and their families and so I am wanting to tell you about a charity Uh, page that I set up. It's actually through doTERRA Essential Oils, and it's a match fund program. And you can find the link in the show notes and also in my Instagram bio. It's the very first link there. And um, it'll be in my stories as well. So just check it out. And please donate any amount that you can 
Uh, doTERRA is going to match whatever amount of money I'm able to raise in total up to $30,000. So we can raise $15,000 and doTERRA will match that so that we ultimately will be able to give yoga gives back $30,000, which is incredible. It's going to change so many lives and it's also going to go directly into a scholarship, the SHE Scholarship, which stands for Scholarship for Higher Education. And uh, it's supporting these young women in their education for the next several years. So it's an amazing um, opportunity to make a donation and double your donation without any uh, effort on your part. And I would just invite you to do that because... It's not only women of, of our age or of our group, you know, women all over the world uh, should have the opportunity to create a business and to work for themselves if that's what they want to do. And especially in India, these women are such hard workers and it's incredible what they do with the funds they receive. And they employ other women in their village and these women get together and it creates community and conversation and they start to support each other and open up more and lift each other up. And so it's not only the woman who is receiving these loans who's able to create a business for her family um, and for herself, but she's also uh, lifting up all these other women in the village around her. So I would hope that you will please donate and support this cause because uh, it's really, really important. And as practitioners of yoga, uh, to me, I feel it's really important. It's one of the ways that we can truly give back to India, to people who really, really need it, uh, to women, to children, especially young girls and young women with families, sometimes with three, four, five children. It's, it's an incredible opportunity for us to really practice yoga in a way that takes our practice off of the yoga mat, off of the meditation cushion, and helps uplift all those other people around us, helps to uplift everyone. Uh, I love this quote that says, no one is free until we are all free. And I feel that it is that way as we move into the future. You know, no one is going to be liberated until we are all liberated. And so we need to bring each other up with us and why not start with yoga gives back and supporting this incredible charity organization and uh, when you do support them and you make a donation you will be getting a special invite to a half day retreat that I am doing in January I'll be offering it it's all online and it will be in conjunction with yoga gives back and supporting their June uh, Yoga Gives Back campaign month. Uh, it's a month of yoga all of June, which also happens to be my birthday month. So come on in to this awesome campaign. Please make a donation. And I hope that you really, really love this episode uh, with Nadia. And I think you'll learn a lot and I hope you'll feel inspired. And I know it will really enrich your life, your week. And you'll probably learn a few new things too. It's pretty funny and um, 
good times. So enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony. Hello, Nadia. Nadia Stinga Rihani. I did it. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? <laughs> like Russell's here with us all. Oh, hello. How are, how, how are you, everyone? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for introducing me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Wow. I feel like we might have bumped elbows. Yeah. Back in the day. I was in I was in Sydney and Bondi Beach. I was teaching yoga 2003. No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. 2000 and no, nowhere close. Nowhere close. Yeah, two, 2011. I was thinking, 2011. No. Yeah. Yeah. 2011. 10. 10. Joyce Yoga 10. had opened up in Sydney. And Eileen Hall had just been fired, and I was asked to sub for her, which was like, "Wow, you want me to sub for Eileen Hall?" And so, yeah, come on in. And I was like, so I went and I took a job, and then Brett Porzio and I would just mm-hmm. would wander around Bondi Beach looking for trouble. And one day we saw Eileen, and yeah. we were terrified. Oh, there's nothing to be terrified of. <laughs> So did you ever stop by Manju Joyce came and he he taught yoga in Sydney for about three weeks and I'm wondering maybe if you came to class. Oh I was the number one assistant. So I'm thinking maybe I might have just number one assistant. I, I would have I would have pushed you to the side and said stand over there, something like that. I don't remember. I did practice with Brett when he was there. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, I did. But and when when Neil was teaching there as well. Oh, um, right. yeah. Andrew? Andrew Hillam no, from, no, I wasn't from Adelaide. I didn't meet him there. I met him. Famous, famous Adelaide. Man. Yes, beautiful mm. Adelaide. No, I met Andrew in my sort like a, a couple of years after that. But um, oh, right. did I practice with Mandrew that time? I possibly did. Gosh, that was a while ago. I remember. Oh, we were in the same room together. You got to go oh, back there. We were. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot's yeah. happened since then. <laughs> I would have been like a, the lanky fellow kind of standing with like his mouth, you know, g- gaping open, like what's going on? You obviously made a lasting impression. Right. No, I wouldn't yeah, have right. made a lasting impression. No. Yeah, yeah, I can't even remember if I if I went down there. I probably would have gone and practiced with Manju, but I can't. Practiced with Brett, but you didn't practice with me. That's so insulting. Oh, so Christ. I was practicing somewhere else at the time, and then yeah. uh, I'm not going to get into this story, but I got a little bit political. Um, oh yeah. Was at that period in Ashtanga in Sydney was just it was a bit political like things were yeah yeah incredibly political no need to burn any bridges here on air live even even at the Joy Center they were just going through so many teachers like yeah 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 and then David Roche was there and Nia taught there everyone taught there yes and then Brett. Yeah. Andrew Russell. Uh, based based on that experience, I was a real pain in the ass. I was really rough with the Australian with the Aussies, and I was I was really pushy. And uh, I I I was I was given a gig at Stanford because of that gig. People heard like, oh, he's like he's a real ass because he was rough. 
I was really rough with the students. Like we should get rough, him. Rough, rough we was should good get, back then. I we think. should yeah, get him to teach Chrissy. We should teach him get you know. Yeah. So then I taught. I, the owner of Joyce Yoga wanted me to teach her kids, and they were going to Stanford. So I ended up teaching her kids at Stanford because of that Joyce gig. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Nadia now. Since... Well, no, we are. We're in Australia. <laughs> We're getting around, you know, where she's been. I've rubbed elbows with the lady. Yeah. yeah. You let's, know? let's shift the, the spotlight. Well, the spotlight, we're with her right now. We're having a conversation with this nice lady, you know? So, <laughs> how did you end up in... Doing yoga in 2010 in Sydney. No, oh. you have an interesting story growing up in Sydney. I know, yeah, I don't know if my childhood is so interesting growing up in Sydney. I think I have a normal childhood. Like we, I grew up near the beach. Like all my memories are at the beach. Yeah, um, I think perhaps I grew up in a really white area, and my dad's Moroccan, so I was always there's always like a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, and. Yeah, I just, my mom's uh, multilingual, so she uh, is a translator and a language teacher. And we just had this constant stream of people coming through our house. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah, that's like what from I all over the world? Yeah, from Speaking all over the world. Language. We had a lot of people from France and a lot of Moroccans. And yeah. it was funny, actually, whenever someone came from Morocco to Sydney, Someone would put them in contact with my dad. I don't know how it would happen. He was like the only Moroccan man in Sydney at the time. <laughs> enough, there were a few, but we knew all of them. <laughs> and, and, and there's still not even that many. But um, they all ended up in our home. And I remember in the, the 2000 Olympics that the, oh, yeah. the, the athletics team came over for more oh, wow. like afternoon tea. That's amazing. From Morocco, Moroccan team. Like, what's that? The Moroccan team came over. The Moroccan team came over. Good God. That's amazing. I know. I know. Yeah, but they did come over for like a mint tea and and uh, nice. pastries, yeah. I think. Classic oh, Moroccan yeah. mint Classic tea. Moroccan <laughs> yeah, it's dish. so good. Yeah, we can't That's get nice. that good in Australia. The mint is yeah. not the same. Right. Mm. Have you been to yeah. Morocco? Did you go and visit and spend time there? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I first went when I was, I would have been 12. Huh. Yeah, so my parents, I have four, I have, I'm one of four sisters and, yeah. you know, traveling was super expensive at that time. So we never yeah. all went, Right. <laughs> but my parents would send us all. So I got sent at 12. It does, did seem normal at the time, but actually now when I look back, it seems strange as well on my own to France and oh, wow. um, Terrifying. got picked up by some family friends from the airport yeah. and then yeah. And then that was in Paris and spent a couple of weeks there. I went to a school in Paris with these family friends' kids. And wow. then we went down to, I think we went down to Marseille or Montpellier or somewhere to stay with some cousins and then flew to Morocco. And I would have been, I was 12 and I was like blonde and didn't speak a word of Arabic. And, you know, I turned up at the airport and I was meant to be taken into this special room where my uncle would come and sign for me, you know, I was an unaccompanied minor, but yeah. they didn't do any of that. So they just gave me my passport and kind of just let me off into Morocco. And oh, no. my, I hadn't seen my uncle since I was probably like four. I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. 
could have been anyone. He could have been anyone, but he did look like my dad. But he kind of came up to me and said, like, you're coming with me. So I was like, okay. (laughs) Fantastic. So that was the first time I went. And then I went back again when I was um, in my 20s. And then I've been back a couple of times. We took our um, daughter when she was 11 months old. Nice. Gabriel, my husband, he's half Swedish, half Spanish, and his dad is from the Canary Islands. And Gabriel was Beautiful. born there, and that's actually right next to Morocco. Yeah. So actually, I think it was like a one-hour flight or something to go between. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to the Canary Islands via Morocco. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I have been haven't been back since then. I'm Amazing, though. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot, right? My, so you studied theatre. I studied theatre, oh. <laughs> and uh, and then I did the last year of my degree in Italy, in oh, uh, at the University goodness. of Bologna. And, they had um, nice suits there. They had a really nice theatre department, <laughs> and then I went on to work with a theatre company in Italy, and uh, and toured. We toured. The did you speak Italian? I did speak Italian. Oh so, goodness! Oh yeah, I did. So we. We all learnt languages in our family, yeah. and uh, and language was kind of not really a choice. But I did rebel <laughs> against the French. Uh-huh. <laughs> you said no French. French, and I was like, I'm not going to be like those other sisters of mine. I'm going to learn Italian. Yeah. So you I learned started Italian. Italian. Were you the youngest? Say, no, third. I was second youngest. Third. Second. Yeah. You can get okay. sort of lost <laughs> as the third one. You can get. You, you can, can sort of hide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to hide, but I I did feel like I got a bit lost, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, the middle the two middle ones are like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Was it all girls? The four girls? Four girls. Four yeah, girls. the four kind oh, of girls. You were like the little yeah. women. That's maddening. <laughs> mm. I think we're pretty full on. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. You were kind of lost, and then you found harmony doing yoga. <laughs> do you put that in every episode? <laughs> I do. I do, in fact. Yeah, I try to do that. So, no, I started practicing yoga then, and um, it was more just for fun. It felt good. It felt really good. Yeah. And I yeah. was traveling around. I was traveling a lot. I was traveling around the world, and I would sort of do it on my own in my living room. I'd practice on my own. Right. And then yeah. when I came back from overseas, I found Ashtanga. I stumbled yeah, how into did you, it. How did you? How does that happen? Yeah, it was just in a in a place that had lots of different types of yoga. Okay. And there was this Ashtanga class, and I didn't realize yeah. it was different to the other classes. And I just went right in. Yeah. <laughs> and was and like, did yeah, you love it? Yeah, it was full on. It was full on, yeah. but I loved it. Like I could tell straight away it was something different. And then from then on, I I never really did anything else. I never practiced anything else. What, you had what teacher own. was that? Was that Dan or was it Trevor? Was it that was with Trevor? It was but Trevor. I used to practice a bit with Dan as well. And I oh, used to right. go on these. Dan used to um, run these little weekend retreats when he moved out of Sydney. Yeah, um, right. At his house in the Central Coast, and they were just awesome. And, for, the, uh, I mean, for the listeners at home, that's Dan Fanthorpe. Dan Fanthorpe, yeah, yeah from Sydney. Osteopath. Well, he oh. lives in New Zealand now. Yeah. Oh well, you can find yeah. him in New Zealand if you're yeah. listening. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then I and then I was practicing mostly with Trevor, and and he had this little group going that he was apprentice had apprenticing under him, and so I started yeah. doing that. 
And I was Trevor, working in a job that I just hated. Trevor Tanya. Trevor Tanya. Uh, yeah. Tanya. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's old school. Oh. Yeah. And and then yeah, I just hated my job. I really hated it. And this practice what were you just doing? gave my life meaning. I'd come back from overseas, I'd been working for these theatre companies and been travelling and I couldn't get any work and I went to work in recruitment and I did it for one year. But I hated what it. What were you I recruiting? I was recruiting people to work in sales and marketing. Oh, amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was hardcore. That's, that's what I do for my mom. Not really? to make it all about me, but it's actually, yeah, <laughs> my mom recruits physicians uh, okay. to hospitals. And for the last, actually, it's two years, two off years. and on since I was 18, I've helped my mom recruit for her company. Whenever, is, whenever I was down on my luck, and I am down on my luck. <laughs> but, mm. but it was really, really salesy. It was really full on, and I found mm-hmm. it, I just felt really almost destroyed by this job. And, yeah, it's emotionally and, taxing. Yeah, and it's taxing in all senses. It really yeah. was going into the city. It was just the environment was really intense. So I was practicing yoga like every morning, and then um, in the evenings I would, I would help out with Trevor and then um, mm. and then I was apprenticing under him and then I ended up leaving that job and I got a job more in arts and entertainment and at that time I started to take on some of his classes when he went traveling and then it just sort of it just sort of unfolded you yeah. know Is- I, I just got offered a heap of a heap of classes and decided to leave my my job amazing and then but- became my friend. When we met, we met Mysore, I think it must have been 2007? You met her back in the day? 2008? No, no. It was much later. It was 2012. 2012? Okay. Yeah, you had... I had Jediah then. You had Jediah. He was really little. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was like almost two, not quite. Yeah, he's as tall as me now. No. I was trying to remember. Yeah. He's taller than me now. Yeah. No way. Okay, so 2012, uh, but you had your own studio then, right? Yeah, so I'd been practicing since 2005, I think. Yeah. yeah. I've been practicing yoga since 2001 and then practicing Ashtanga since 2005, yeah. 2004, 2005, something like that. And that opened up a little studio and it was half off the um, back of all that political stuff that was oh, happening in Sydney. I just couldn't, stuff, I just yeah. couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't deal with it. And I was like, you know what? I just want to teach myself. Yeah. So I opened up this new sala and nice. I had a couple of other teachers teaching there and it was so nice when it started. <laughs> it was yeah. so nice to have a little studio at that time, you know, in history. Before yeah. it became, I don't know, yoga in Sydney just exploded after that. Yeah. And uh, and it was I loved having that little sala. I loved it. And it and it grew. Like I I moved into a slightly bigger space and um i had a mysore program going on in the mornings and some other teachers teaching hatha in the evenings and it was really yeah. really beautiful yeah but uh i let go of it it never eventually after when indy was about three i just couldn't find that i couldn't find the balance between yeah. running and that school and teaching and being a mom i found that really yeah. taxing yeah so, um, it's yeah. it's not for for anyone that isn't independently wealthy <laughs> it's not. You <laughs> kind of have to start from that place. You, you know. start from that place. It's a little we just sure. really helps if you start out 
as a pensioner whose home is paid for and you just teach in the basement. Amazing. And then the students pay $400 a month and you never advertise. That's, that's the ideal. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's, 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 that's the ideal. Like, right? And if you're, not, like. if you're not doing that, it's hard. This it's is really so hard. hard. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so we you... sold out and we were, um, and at that point we got offered um, to teach a couple of different MISO programs. I think there was one we're looking at in China. I'm glad we didn't do that because it was just wow. before COVID that we sold. Oh. And, uh, but we went and covered in, we went to Europe and we taught for a little while. And then um, while we were there, we got offered um, a teaching gig back in Sydney. And oh, cool! Yeah, and it was well paid, and it was just sort of, you know, it was like if we'd have made a wave the magic wand and said what we wanted, that yeah. was what we wanted. So we oh. came back, you know, really excited, and then um, yeah. yeah, and then I got, I taught hit one class, car. and then I got hit back. Oh <laughs> right my after. gosh! So, yeah. So uh, <sighs> that's and that's sort of been the journey ever since. It's been really full on um, since that so, time. That morning, mm-hmm. you're on your little, or afternoon, I don't know, but you're on your little scooter mm-hmm. and you're, you're, yeah. you're take you're, you're changing lanes and some guy just no, it wasn't took even a hard lanes. right and just hit you out of the blue. Yeah, I was going straight. He was, he was at a standstill. Uh, he was turning right into a driveway and, uh, and he, he was quite elderly. I would say probably shouldn't have been driving. And, uh, yeah, and he just decided to turn right when I was coming past. I was at the front of the traffic, like I wasn't hidden. Anyway, I got, I got thrown into the air, apparently, and rolled over multiple times. And that was the last thing I remember was like rolling. I remember rolling along the road and I remember thinking, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then I must have gotten knocked out. Yeah. Because then when I woke up, there were like, I don't know, there must have been like 10, I want to say 10 people. Just, I was lying on my back, 10 people just on top of me saying like, what's your name? You know, the, the things you say in oh your first God. aid. Professionals? And I just done like my first aid the day before. So I was like hearing them basically go through the script of what I learned the day before and I couldn't really <laughs> respond. But I was like, wow, they're really good. I remember thinking that they're good. <laughs> I wonder if I could remember all this stuff in the moment. <laughs> anyway, and I got taken to I got taken to hospital, and I spent I spent three weeks in hospital. Wow! And had you'd, you'd broken your pelvis in four places. Smashed my pelvis. Yeah. Taken chunks of flesh out of my feet, and oh yeah, my god! But my pelvis never has never healed, so I, I still have a broken pelvis. But I, wow. I live with it now. Um, anyway, I had. Spent three weeks in hospital, including a time in a rehab hospital, and then went home and didn't walk for um, some three months or something at all, maybe longer. And then I walked with crutches, and then eventually I had a walking stick, which I would have had for almost a year. And and then eventually learned to walk again and and to start my whole life again. It felt like it just, yeah, it was like, it was like a ground zero day that day. It's like everything oh started gosh. again from there. It was so full on. And just I changed saw... everything and in you my had a, world. And you had two children at this time or no, just the, I had just one. your daughter? 
Okay. Just one. So I had wanted yeah. to start trying for another, um, but we waited then another year or yeah. so before. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't the time. Yeah. Yeah. You had to heal. Yeah. I had to heal. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But then eventually made this decision with the healing that and having another baby. Like I knew my pelvis wasn't going to heal and I yeah. knew that the journey was really long. And yeah. being, how old was I, like 39? Yeah. I knew, you know, I don't really have time window to short. So, yeah, yeah, my window's short. And uh, so I, we just decided to do it anyway, even though I had a broken pelvis. So wow. I did carry the second pregnancy on a broken pelvis, and uh, which is just as painful as it sounds like but yeah yeah incredibly <laughs> painful and then have the most darling little boy called Jack. yeah and um yeah yeah oh and so God. it's just taken me on this oh yeah on this journey that I really never thought I would go on and and coming from this place where everything always seems to work out yeah. so well I don't know yeah mm-hmm how else to describe it? I don't want to say I had a charmed life, but it was like I never really understood what problems were, I think, until right. that happened. I just couldn't have conceived of what struggles yeah. people might go through. And, yeah. You had yeah. A, a post I looked at this morning on Instagram, and it was it was the – you described how grateful you felt, and you had just taken three steps, and your first three steps in, a, in like, a walker and i was really yeah. kind of touching how how you could be in in such dire straits and be so low and yet and yet have the audacity to be grateful yeah well you have nothing else do you have to be grateful you have to be grateful i mean when you're lying there and you think you really think you may not ever walk again yeah you have to be grateful you have to be grateful <laughs> Yeah. Because what else have you got? You know, you you just have yeah. to. And uh and and those three steps I can't even remember that. But those three steps would have been really um they would have been a symbol for something else, you know, yeah. that I was able going to walk. That I was going yeah. you know, you were gonna walk actually. I really know. I was gonna walk. Yeah. I was gonna be okay and Wow. Yeah. 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 It's pretty intense and quite blurry that whole period of being in hospital yeah. and um it was really traumatic and I was in the hospital I was in was in um I don't know if you know it, Russell but in King's Cross, do you know that area? A little bit. <laughs> it was like a lot of um drug addicts and things in the hospital yeah. and I felt really vulnerable not being able to walk. So I was pretty right. happy to get out of there. And uh yeah. Yeah, and I was pretty happy to move on to the next hospital and um, and I was so happy to go home. Yeah. And eventually now I can kind of look back and be grateful in some ways for the whole experience, even though it's, you know, even though it's totally brought me to my knees. I can look back and think <sighs> there has been a really a lot of good and evolution that's come out of that. What do you feel like is the biggest thing that you've, you know, taken away from having to like relearn everything again from the beginning i think that um that a lot of it just doesn't matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that a lot of the things i used to worry about just they just don't matter and yeah. um and i was really worried about you know things like losing my practice and right 
stuff yeah. like that that you know I was so hooked on, and then yeah, I realize yeah. now that it just it just yeah. doesn't matter, you know, it's mm-hmm. really nice, but it just doesn't matter, and yeah. that there's just so many more important things in life. And the other thing is is the empathy and the understanding of what other people are going through. I don't think I um, quite understood that before. I don't think I had that in me. Mm-hmm. I think I thought I understood struggle, and I thought I understood. Yeah, you know how how some people go through difficult periods in their lives and are hit with yeah. things that they couldn't can't plan for. I I couldn't have understood that in a yeah. way that I do now. Yeah, 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 <laughs> amazing. You described the you know a couple of your relations that had been you know like they've been a rock for you. You described your your relationship, your mom's support, and I'm sure your your husband's support as well. I wonder if you could speak to to that and that kind of carves out a lot of space out of their time as well to come and spend all day with you yeah so actually yeah my mom just came gabriel was in india running a retreat (laughs) right up northern india well he left the next morning that's right he was it wasn't in india the day it happened he left the next morning we were both meant to be running a retreat actually Yeah, and um, and we decided he should go because <sighs> the students were already there, and it was yeah. like so. My mom, so he left, um, and my mom oh my came and took our daughter, and basically yeah. just just took over. Uh, I couldn't have, I just couldn't have done it without my mom. I just couldn't have done it without oh her. I don't know how. Mm. I've often thought, like, how would you do this if you were somewhere where you didn't have family? Yeah. Like, what actually would you do? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how people do it. But my mom is just amazing. <laughs> She'll just get on yeah. with it. She's yeah. she's just that kind of person that will just – something needs to be done and she will do it. She's – yeah, she's always That's in incredible. service. <laughs> yeah. She really is. And then, um, and then thankfully in Australia, like, we are quite well supported in these – in, yeah. in these circumstances, like we yeah. have an insurance, a, a prerequisite insurance that, that covers all the care that you need at home. So cleaners yeah. and then people to come and babysit when you need babysitters and things for when I move back in. Yeah, hmm. that's so, great. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. all taken care of and, and continues to be now. As yeah. I go to appointments, they will continue, they continue to pay for, for babysitting and care and all of my, uh-huh. my therapy and yeah. everything. We're going on uh, – Four years now, right? Yeah, four years ago. Four years. Yeah. And so you were you were in the hospital for three weeks, which doesn't sound like a long time. I think maybe you, you could have spent <laughs> a, a, more time there. But uh, how long? Then you immediately started physio, and like you're still in physio. I'm still in physio. So there's not really a lot of point staying in the hospital. There's not really a lot they can do. It's like you have broken bones. You just need to rest. You know, yeah. they, they don't operate on a pelvis. They rarely operate on, on that. It usually does heal. So I got sent home just to, for bed rest um, and then started physio pretty soon after. I can't remember how many weeks. And then I'm still in physio now. But that's just really evolved from um, learning how to walk and just yeah. do functional movements like that to now mm-hmm. just trying to build back the strength that I've lost from the accident. So it's brought me yeah. into this. I'm in a different physio now where I'm doing the strength training and um, functional training and 
Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it could be described as like hit workouts, but with a physio, you know, right. just trying to build up my strength. And I really enjoy it, you know. I yeah. enjoy it. It's the sort of thing I never was interested in before, and 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 it's fun. It's fun yeah. to challenge my body in that way. But yeah, I'm still in physio now. I I have three physio appointments a week. Oh, amazing. So it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's What's the the mechanical issue with the pelvis now i mean is it like a a sheared bone is it a torn labrum like what's actually no, I have on the the pubic rami if you know if you know the anatomy just sort of along the front here i've just got a big fracture from top to bottom yep. it hasn't healed so it's a non-union and then i've got another one around the back near that sort of bone that bony part of your bottom so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't stop me sort of walking and it's not like a joint, but it's a stru- it's a, just a structural weakness yeah. that I've got. So what I'm working on with the physio is building up the strength around that so that to kind of compensate yeah. for the, the weakness, yeah, the inherent yeah. weakness. Yeah. Did you have a cesarean with your second baby? I had, I had, I had yeah, a cesarean. Yeah, because I was like, second. I don't know how you would give birth with a broken pelvis. That sounds torturous. <laughs> I didn't want to have a cesarean. I really fought that. Yeah. <laughs> I really fought that internally right up to the moment of it. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't yeah. get my head around it. And I, um, yeah, and it made me angry. It made me angry that something was taken from me. I, mm-hmm. so, you know, you were saying before you're, I made that post about feeling so grateful. It's just been this real roller coaster of feeling yeah. grateful and feeling angry and just going up and down. And I think that's sort of what trauma is and what grief is in a lot of ways, totally. which is how I would describe the the feeling of what I've gone through is like grieving yeah. a life that I no longer have. And yeah. yeah, and there've been moments of, of up and down, but yeah, I had a cesarean with Dara and yeah, yeah you know, he came out fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. that's the yeah. thing is you've got a happy, loving, healthy baby. That's and I knew that before going in. I knew that like on a you know. In Did they tell you? Level. Did they say this is like this was is... it planned? Like were they oh, yeah, kind yeah, of prepping you for it? Yeah, it was but you were like, no, no, no. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> oh no, 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 I wasn't. And especially he came. Early. I had him early because I couldn't yeah. walk anymore. You know, oh like my I, God. Just, I just couldn't do it. So they, yeah. I went in to see the um, obstetrician and he was like, no, I think <laughs> you can have this baby next week. I don't think we're going to push you out any longer. Like they just waited up. So, right. And he came out. He's just fine. So Yeah, because yeah. the weight on the pelvic floor gets really, really intense. And so if you yeah. already have like a fracture in your pelvis, I can't even. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't be but able I- to walk. I couldn't walk, but I could swim, and I would go and I, I would go for these ocean swims every morning, oh, and swim from one end of this yeah. area where we live to the other, and that was just heaven. So good yeah. because we were just weightless, and yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, oh. I couldn't walk much, but I could swim and did. <laughs> yeah, walk to the ocean, walk home. <laughs> it's really, it's yeah, drive really, down. it's really beautifully said talking about grieving for like this other life that you used to have not to talk about us again but it's just it is it is something that we're you know paying attention to that we're noticing that we're in a bit of a grieving cycle Mm -hmm. for 
we're just not 27. We're, <laughs> I'm 48, and it's just not the same. And our no. lives are completely different. And you kind of have to, you can be grateful for things, but you also have to just grieve what was lost and remember it, try and remember it fondly, but it's still like, it's, he's I, dead. Yeah. yeah. He's not dead. He's changed. But yeah, and move on. I think that's the yeah. that's the other piece to it. It's like you've got to be grateful for it and and grieve it. Mm-hmm. And also remember it fondly and let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, it just it just eats you up if you don't. Yeah. That feeling yeah. it will just it'll swallow you if you just walk around wishing things were how they were. Yeah. You know, being in the 20s is fun. <laughs> I know. I think there, there's an there's an element to yeah. to our tautology where we look at where we're, we're trained to look at the world as a kind of a hologram. You know that this mm-hmm. that we're you know consciousness made manifest, mm-hmm. and it's a then. We we're, we're we're encouraged to look at our world as a kind of theater that we're here to observe, right? And so it's like watching a show, like a favorite yeah. show, you know, and na- like neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like you know, it's 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 over. I was going to say Succession, but Neighbors is probably a better <laughs> example. Over, and then, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not over. It's still going on. But it's like <laughs> at some point. It, is it still going on? It's then it's it's over, and then it's it. It's like oh, I really like that show. That was a good show. It's over. Well, I guess, and almost like when you're watching The Crown. Yeah, yeah. The Crown when the when every time the uh, a new actor came in. Yeah. To play the old actor. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And every time. I do not like having my accidents a different level of grief, but (laughs) I do grieve the former actor every time. I quite liked him, or I quite liked her. She was good. The the young queen was nice. The young queen was the best. I remember the young queen. I'm no longer the young queen. I'm now the older queen. Yeah. You know, but not the oldest queen. I'm not the oldest queen, queen. but I'm no longer the young queen. And Doors are closed to me now, you know, as the mid- as the middle queen. That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful example because it is. It is like that in a way. Yeah, and the thing that I loved about that show too is it. It showed even her struggling with like this middle age yeah. time of life. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh my god, it's the universal struggle. <laughs> it, is. it is a struggle. It is a struggle. It's like yeah. It's a- it's a pretty intense period of life that no one, you don't really know it's going to happen and all of a sudden it's there. And I know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I find, I personally find it really intense. This particular yeah. Age. There's a Me lot of too. Pressure and yes. Yeah. The parenting of 
children, the painting yes. of your parents, the, the work pressures are still there. I mean, yes. this, this whole it's all there. This whole TikTok thing, it's just it's too much. And then there's pressure to show up on TikTok. What no, I'm not going to do that. Are you on TikTok? I'm not going to have a TikTok account <laughs> on top of TikTok. Not after what you made me do with Instagram. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking go through that again. <laughs> No, but it's true. It's really, I don't know. And I don't know about you, Nadia, but I remember, I don't know. It never really crossed my mind when I was younger. I never no. like, I never thought about it. They I were never just old You people. never prepare for it. You're always going to be young. Yeah. 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 Or like really old. It's going to happen to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Young or but really you old. think about this period. And but you know what's really interesting is I feel like you get to this age and you become almost invisible. Totally. One hundred percent. I'm with you. No one yes. sees you, and maybe that's yeah. why you didn't think about it when you were young. Because mm, I think so. You know, it was so insane. You know, you that's a great them. point. Yeah. 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 Women talk about that a lot. That's a that's a that's a saying. That's an old wives saying that's gone from generation to generation for thousands of years. It's like yeah, you you hit a certain age, you become invisible. You actually, Women have always you said that. Feel that way. Yeah. How it is. You're there, mm-hmm. you're almost just like there serving other people. Yeah. Um, and lose a big, and therefore lose a big piece of yourself. Yeah. It's really easy to lose yourself in that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's mm. something kind of beautiful in that. I mean, there's something very yogic about that, right? Yeah. Like realizing that, that it's not about you and like how that unimportant this, you are. Yeah. How exactly how <laughs> yeah. unimportant you are and that this whole game up until like, this this point of losing yourself in the act of serving other people <laughs> yeah. was really about you, mm. right? Yeah. And and I think having kids kind of like brings that to the surface where you're like, oh, the whole world doesn't revolve around me. Amazing. <laughs> That's like its own kind of awakening and transition yeah. and is really challenging. But but you're still young for the most part yeah. in a weird way at that stage compared to Nan. And then <laughs> and yeah. then and then you throw in like you said like like kids growing and activities and income needing to be made and aging parents and yes. you know for some of us if you're lucky aging grandparents, you know, yeah. and and all the different things and people needing yes things I and pray. you're just like Okay, wow. <laughs> I know. But I do think because people used to have kids much younger. So I think it's maybe true. it wasn't all happening all at once back yeah. in the day. You know, yeah. I had my second child at I was almost forty when he was born. Right. Yeah. So then yeah. you know, it, it yeah, all you're really all at once. And a lot of women are having children at that age too, you know. Totally. But yeah. then there are, you know, having if you have your child at twenty, then by the time you're going through this they're well, I mean, if you have your, that pressure if, is gone. Yeah. If you've had your third child at twenty, <laughs> your third child yeah. at twenty, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There is some wisdom to having children young. <laughs> I often Isn't think it? that there's like I wouldn't have changed my youth, but I often think that being really naive, having children when you're really naive, yeah, is kind of <laughs> very appealing. <laughs> yeah. Just go for it, you know. You haven't yeah. gotten that independent and set in your ways yet, so no one's yeah. really changing your routine because you don't have one. And, totally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can survive without sleep. 
It's all about yeah. stuff. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I was thinking about that actually just today. It's funny we're talking about this. I was thinking about women that wait to have children, like even like into their 40s, like 42, mm-hmm. 43. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I cannot imagine having a baby right now because yeah. I'm so tired <laughs> already. Yes. And I think that's what it is. I'm so much more tired this time around. I mean, I had Indy yeah. 35 and the difference right. in those five yeah. years is so much. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. I, I, yeah. Uh, people do have children up to about 50. I it's think, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, go for it. But wow. I'm like, <laughs> and then I was thinking like, and then I was exactly thinking about that. Like women that have kids in their 20s. And I was like, man, I think you'd have like a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> They can, yeah, and they can but run around. But you'd have a and... lot less wisdom at the same time. Well, yeah, time. you make but different they mistakes, but make it doesn't matter. Mistakes. You're going to make they mistakes anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> they I think that's the whole thing is that you realize it doesn't matter that much. I th- you know, you're not I making think... really bad mistakes. No. Like, I think you probably end up doing a lot more of like baby shaking. No, I, think that's really... I don't think no. so. Sh- never no. shake a baby. As my mom said, because my mom had me when she was 25. And she said, mm-hmm. yeah, you just grow up with your kids. It's, yeah, just, so nice. it's just a different experience. Like you're not yeah. growing up. You grow up with them. It's a funny <laughs> metaphor, though, like to say that, like, you know, to say I'm not I'm, I'm not ready to do this. And then the baby comes and it means that I'm going to be a mom. There's a metaphor to that transformation, just like being hit by an old man in a car. <laughs> Is a metaphor for the change in life. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Like at it's a, gonna happen. A, this yeah. is how. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you do grieve yourself. You do totally yeah. grieve yeah. your former life. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. So, what's life like for you now, though? Are no, you no, back I, to practicing? No, I will go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I want to yeah. know. Are you? Did you go so back to I, yoga or are you just training? No, I am practicing. I have been practicing. Like I would say I've been practicing almost the whole time. It's just, it's just different. So like, yeah. I mean, and it's also a time thing now because I've got totally. all these other physical requirements that I need to do, these physio, strength training and all this other stuff. Yeah. So my practice I usually do at lunchtime. I take it quite easy these days. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, yeah, I do what I need. I like a, I like a little lunchtime practice. Yeah, my body's yeah. nice and warm. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, and I just I like a lie-in. I like a nice <laughs> lie-in. He likes a four p.m. practice. I, oh, I can't do that. I so so. I was so tired of waking up at three o'clock. <laughs> like, and I'm like, if I if I can wake up at eight o'clock now, I feel mm. so good and so much better <laughs> about everything. <laughs> I look forward to my kids letting me sleep until eight o'clock. That sounds yeah, really you're not, you're not uh, I'm still yeah. in it in the shit, but I yeah, yeah. I hear you, Russell. I'm exactly the same. I will not I don't sacrifice my sleep anymore for practice. I just don't yeah. do it because I really no. value my sleep. I love sleep. I wish I knew how much yeah. I loved sleep before when I could sleep. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, so I do yeah. practice. I practice um just about every day that I can. I do yeah. like a little lunchtime practice, maybe 45 minutes. Sometimes nice. I, you know, sometimes I surprise myself and I get on the mat and I can do quite a lot. And then sometimes I just take it really easy, but it's really, yeah. um, I just listen to what I need. And That's I, um, 
Yeah, and I'm starting a new um, a new career in nutrition. I'm studying nutrition. And I'm focusing on, yeah, I'm focusing on all the stuff that we're talking about. So really this yeah. period of life that we're talking about is, is perimenopause. And, yeah. and so I'm focusing on nutrition and how it can help with all the symptoms of perimenopause and prepare you for an easier menopause. Because, but, yeah, Let's dig into that conversation because yeah. Harmony is done, actually. No, we don't know. We're, no, she's done. <laughs> she's finished. It hasn't been a year yet. You feel good? We feel this is uh, how do you it's feel? Been, it's been rough since 42, I think. Yeah, right. I mean, there's been a lot going on in the world as well. So, <laughs> yeah. So, what, I, what I'm more doing is, no. is, is this period can extend for a really long time. So, for well, yeah, it can be like 10 years, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it can start in your 30s. And, yeah. you know, you need to prepare. You need to prepare yourself for what's coming up. And if you yeah. can do all the groundwork in your perimenopausal years, it can have an effect on your menopausal years and make them a little bit easier, yeah. make yeah. that transition easier. So a lot of that is diet and movement, but and also um, all of this stress that we're talking about. Yeah, it's also sort of a symptom of perimenopause and menopause, and it's really mm-hmm. all tied in together because it, it's something that affects women physiologically, but also environmentally. Everything that's going on around them. So it's managing all of these aspects of your life. You know, this brain fog and this feeling tired is yeah. is a is a symptom of menopause and perimenopause, but it's also it's also a symptom of being of stress run down and, and yeah. you know. Yeah. We thought it was COVID. We thought the, the brain know, fog it is was also COVID. a symptom of COVID. That's why it's all very like confusing. Yeah, it's a gray area. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but I'm studying at the moment, and I'm I'm looking into um, nutrition and how how we can best support our bodies through that period, and then what Amazing. movement patterns we need to do to support through that period, because women also uh, really lose their muscle mass. Yeah, in these years as well, like our body, so we need to do a lot more to kind strength of training. Strength, strength yeah, training, strength training, yeah, yeah, to help our bodies stay strong and support our bones and. I like As it. We move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What is J Lo doing? She's 50. <laughs> What's J Lo doing? And there's I don't a, know. Qu- I'm a question she there about what she is doing. She probably has a personal doing. trainer that she works with daily because uh, that's want, what all the rich stars oh, do. Do you want me to be your personal trainer? Do you want me to do that? <laughs> could, I'm here. But I think just doing, like, you also don't want to push too hard. So, And this is why I don't push in my yoga practice anymore because yeah. I. I, I work pretty hard when I'm doing this strength training and I think I just you just need a bit of balance. You actually yeah. need rest. You actually yeah. Need, you actually totally. need rest. It's super important. Maybe yeah. more than and anything that's, else. That's kind of the thing, like I think too, when you're I mean, when you're going through this, you know, stage of life, this transition stage where you really do need rest you kind of have to give yourself permission to take rest. Yeah, Otherwise, you I think you it. burn out or like yeah. you get sick, like other problems happen. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's exactly right. And this is the, these are the years when that is most likely to happen for women. There's yeah. so many yeah. things you're trying to keep, keep track of. Too many, yeah. You know, moms and kids <laughs> and cars and homes and animals. Schedules. And, and then you got two dogs for some reason. <laughs> 
And then you find your brain just doesn't function the same way that it used no, to. No, I know. Yeah. I know. I was saying, I was saying, I, can't, I, I have trouble <laughs> finding nouns quite often. I'm like, <laughs> I know it. <laughs> you know, that person yeah. who does this thing, that's what. <laughs> An optometrist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An optometrist. <laughs> You, you can know. describe it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It's like the one who looks at the eyes. Yeah. What did you notice? Mom brain. Yeah, mom brain. It, it is like yeah. that a bit. Like right yeah. after you give birth, and you're like, mom brain's brain. like rewiring. Or even but it's when you're pregnant, like a, actually a massive upgrade. Yeah, great. You know, I'm glad. Like looking brain. forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that mum brain is actually yeah. a massive upgrade. You actually become yeah. more intelligent. Awesome. It's like yeah. it's the biggest brain I upgrade it. I think in your life. It's yeah. It's like you tune into things in a different way. Yeah, and, there's more um, neural circuits being created. Yeah. Yeah. So so <laughs> you know, what you think is a dumbing down is actually just yeah. just thinking Gross. about things that are important. <laughs> Maybe that's mm-hmm. what's happening now. <laughs> I hope so. Maybe we're getting upgraded to like upgrade. some spiritual awareness or something. Some kind of. I think of... it's really important to keep your brain active, you know? Yeah. At this time. <laughs> because it all starts now. It'll just. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to like keep learning. So some strength training (laughs) and and some crosswords. What 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 else can what else can harmony (laughs) do? Strength training and crosswords. (laughs) It's like well, it's eating a lot of. uh, Now I can't even find the word. (laughs) Cruciferous vegetables. So things like broccoli and (laughs) carnivorous, right? That's what you said. no, her, 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 herbivorous. No, those dark green leafy vegetables. Yeah, dark thinking. green leafy vegetables, and they help balance <laughs> your hormones and things like maca powder, and having a really yeah. protein rich diet, like eating yeah. a lot of protein. So whether that's eating animal <sighs> protein or eating, you know, lots of lots of pulses like, and uh, things like that, it's really yeah. important. Blood sausage. <laughs> Or or beef liver? Who one of <laughs> one of our friends was eating beef liver? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, the the fellow from Ohio, but he is not going to menopause. We feed our dogs beef liver. The she yeah. likes it, but no, she does. I don't. She I don't really go for the the animal products, but I love protein. Yeah, I've noticed that, powder. like especially at this point in my life, like or tofu. I eat so much like yeah. tofu, cheese. tempeh, cheese. I can't yeah. be like. I really, in my heart, I'm vegan, but I really like cannot leave the cheese because it's like fat and protein, and I think that's, that's it. the opposite of in your heart, vegan. <laughs> I also love cheese, <laughs> and I like I like uh, Greek yogurt. I love it. It's oh, also high too. Like the really like tell really you how many yeah. times we get people on the show promoting a vegan book every <laughs> and then. Then we we talk about it upstairs. Like, like, what a great episode chewing on cheese. <laughs> like, what a great episode that was. So far, though, we're not so far. Come on, like we don't have di- we don't have milk. We just have cheese in the fridge. Yeah, like it's the cheese. one product that is oh, just. We have eggs. I eat eggs. Yeah, once in a while we do have eggs as well. Yeah, but we don't keep we don't have them in our fridge very often. But like every once in a while, it's. And but every once in a while, we have the yogurt. For, your, for like 
maintaining your strength as well. So yeah, like, the protein, protein right? Powder. Like I'm having protein powder. I love it. So good. Yeah. Mm. Like in a smoothie in the morning. In a smoothie or like uh, with, with chia seeds and Greek yogurt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm just getting into that, all of it now, and there's a whole yeah. lot of um, there's a whole lot of things you can do, um, but you've got to you've got to pay attention to it early on. I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly if you're if you're destined to have a long perinatal, yeah, like, you know, it's quite a it's quite a difficult period. So, mm. and it's also yeah. a period sh- that we tend not to take care of ourselves due to all of the all the, all the things yeah, yeah all the organized. demands of life it's yeah. so yeah. hard to like all of a sudden yeah fit in like oh you're like oh my two hours of self-care that i used to do really regularly is down to like 20 minutes <laughs> I know. but i think i i don't know i find like that 20 minutes is so important mm, <laughs> yeah. that's, all I, that's all i get to i mean yeah. i go and i go for a walk in the morning and get some fresh yeah. air and be on my own. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. 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 I've it's never so really good. I've never really walked this much before. That's why we got the dogs. And now we have <laughs> uh-huh. the dogs. And I really do a lot more walking than I ever used to like doing. No, I feel also yeah. though, and maybe maybe you know about this, I feel it's like also very emotional time. Mm-hmm. I feel like high emotions. Like yeah. very sensitive. Yeah, almost like your like, um, PMS, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. But because it's a change in your in your estrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah like going so up that, and down, and like I yes. can cry just like walking at nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's it. That's all of it. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, but it is. It's hormonal. Like there's not a lot you can do to control your emotional roller coaster, but you have no. to almost. Okay, you have to almost like we were saying before. You have to accept it. You just, yeah, and just like surf the. You have to accept it. Yeah. and understand yeah. that it's temporary, and this is happening, and it's almost beyond my control. The yeah, emotional roller coaster. But yeah, you know, it's, it's how I'm feeling. Can I can I tell um, a story? It's quite personal. No. <laughs> so I'm. I I had uh, anyway. I had spent the day. I'm gonna kind have of, to edit it out. I had spent the day doing my taxes, and then I had scrubbed the floor on my hands and knees with like one of those Clorox towels, get all the dog grit off the floor, and then uh, I had gone downstairs. I'd done a bit of yoga. And then I'd, I'd stuffed all the dogs in the back of the car because we were going to have Easter dinner at Harmony's parents' house. And Harmony had spent the entire day doing a million fucking things with the kids, with the, the one child, Heather, the one child with your mom and then buying groceries and then making a gravy. Walking the dogs. Editing a podcast. Editing a podcast, teaching a yoga class. Teaching a yoga class. Newsletter. And you came out to the car with miso gravy in one hand and your laptop computer in your other. <laughs> because you still had to edit the podcast on the way to Nan's, right? On the way to Grandma's. And uh, you get into the car, you, you put the miso gravy on the hood of the car and then went back to put the laptop in the back seat. And I thought, oh, that's not good. And it slid right off and it fucking blew everywhere. And I was like, oh, oh. Miso gravy, not the computer. (laughs) Miso gravy is like, oh, shit. And she tore into me 
Oh, she was mad at me. Oh, she was mad. Oh, my God. I was like, I really don't think this is fair. And you do you do fuck all all day. And I was like, I really I I did a lot today. And we were high pitched in our voices. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> and then we get back. I I'm now now I'm like cleaning the, the sidewalk of gravy and she's having a snit. So I'm like sulk in the car. We drive to grandma's. I'm like, I'm not like not super happy about this whole situation. I'm not super happy to be going to grandma's right now. We go to grandma's and I'm just like really quiet. I'm like, I don't. And then Harmony got really mad at me for not for being mad or being like quiet. And then she's like at home crying. You don't support me at all. I was like, I just, I just was mad about you yelling at me. It wasn't my fault with the miso. And this is like an emotional fucking roller coaster we're on. So I think what you have to understand is A, the feelings that she's feeling are valid. She's just feeling them more than do you know what I mean? Like she's what yeah. she's feeling, it's not made up. It's real yeah. stuff. She's just feeling it more intensely. Yeah. The hormones. And she can't and she can't control that. That's right. It's out of my control. But it is, it's true. It's like the stuff that it's like when you have PMS, it's you get upset about things that you wouldn't normally get really upset about, but they might annoy you normally. It's not like it's a yeah. new it's not like it's a new thing for you to be annoyed about. It's just exactly. you're feeling it more intensely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's going on there. She's just really, really feeling it very intensely. And it's not mm-hmm. it's like it's right. so good if she can laugh about it after but it's like it's it's hard it's a really hard place to be in and when you think about easter weekend it's pretty you know it's intense it's full on as it is when she's gonna have that you know have have that episode or have those feelings it's because (laughs) you know it's exactly that's what it it is you know You you need to rest yeah, which is why it's so important to sleep. <laughs> As a cool, like joke, you can't sleep when you're going when your hormones are going up it's and down. All the time. Like it's really hard to sleep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. It's the perfect storm. It's so funny because I feel like it's just now. Even Oprah's has something I saw online, like her O magazine or something's talking about perimenopause and menopause, and I feel like it's one of those topics that women never really talked about until like the last, I don't know, three years or something or five years. But people didn't talk about it. Or maybe we weren't listening because we, it wasn't relevant. That's right. I don't know. That's probably more right. Yeah. But I don't think people have talked about it for a long time. I think it's been, it's a fairly recent thing that people have even looked into and started to understand. So they're still doing lots of studies around it and there's not a lot of studies into it. Because no. it's recent. People just sort of ignored it before. Yeah, I mean, because the doctors funny. were men and it didn't matter to them. I think yeah. women, I mean, have, women single, probably did talk to each other maybe. in history. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I actually think women mostly were expected to act like it wasn't happening. Yeah, I agree. I think it's in their lives. like a cultural them. stigma. Yeah, of being, Even, of being hormonal and... And yeah. emotional, which is actually just 
not it's just beyond your control I think that's you can yeah. you can control your hormones by taking hormone you know hormones yeah. hormones, that's it you know yeah. Yeah, women would end up in like Dr. Freud's office and then they'd get labeled as histrionic and histrionic. Histrionic. And then they'd get the vibrator out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that helped. He did all kinds of weird things. Yeah. Uh, the vibrator helps. <laughs> oh, you're prudish. Never mind. I'm sorry. Forget forgive me. Didn't mean to no, go. No, but they like I don't know. Was it it wasn't a wasn't the fact that Oprah's into it now all of a sudden I feel like okay. It's going mainstream. This is coming mainstream now. People are people are out. They're out and they're talking about it. It's the menstrual mainstream. That's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's always been mainstream. It's just been hidden. It's just Yeah, it has, yeah, it's not like it's a new thing that's happening. It's been something women have almost been ashamed of, I think, or just yeah. needed to hide. Yeah, you know, which I mean, it's it's natural that it would evolve to suddenly come out into the open because people didn't used to talk about like periods and menstruation that much either. And then it's true they started talking about that too, and and it became yeah. just a normal conversation. Yeah, yeah. an extension of that. I have a really lovely GP. I'm not criticizing her, but our conversation was sort of similar. I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I'm not at that phase yet, but talking about some other symptoms and she's like, oh, and she just gave me a piece of paper with information on it, on some hormone therapy and said, you can look into this. And I was like, there was really no, there's no conversation around it. It's like, here's the information. This is the piece of paper with the information that I have. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Here's your brochure. Your brochure for menopause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very menopause, and here some good reading for you. And <laughs> yeah, there isn't there. I think I think you would find Russell. There's actually it's actually is quite new that people are looking into this at all. No, I, I I absolutely agree with you. It's it's the the I'm my I'm I'm not really articulating and I wasn't really prepared to to talk about the subject <laughs> just that obviously uh the institution of medicine is is biased by gender mm-hmm. given that the the profession was was created by men but the notion of but the conversely health is uh, and women's health I think is is you could find as being held by women throughout history and conversations with each other. I feel like though, like maybe that was true, like in small communities or like native American tribes or like places where there was like a female shaman type figure, mm-hmm. but we haven't had that in our culture for you feel like, like 200 years. Yeah, and, I think, and, and I think that medicalization severed that conversation. Yes, yeah, and I think exactly. women have largely been sort of meant to try and mask all of these symptoms. And that's just, that's just. Yeah. And it. just like pretend that you're it's young. Still. Yeah. Pretend it's not happening. Don't talk about it. Just pretend mm-hmm. take this and it will be like, it's not even happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because I'm having these conversations with so many women. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, maybe it's also like because I'm of the age that people feel like, let's talk about this. But yeah. I think also there is this growing awareness that we actually kind of need to talk about this and normalize it. And this is a conversation we need to have. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. But I'm finding the same thing. People are just starting to talk about it. It seems to be a conversation I'm having with with everyone I speak to. I mean, it's also something that I'm looking into. So I, I, it comes up a lot. But, um, yeah, but it is, it is interesting and, and awesome to be going through this at this time. In this era. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think there's something too to like you're saying, like, re- you know, we always talk about respecting your energy levels. And I think that that's like also something that's really important in this time, because I think if we weren't having these conversations, there might be more of a feeling like I should just push myself mm-hmm. and keep like keep doing it. And I think a lot of women have done that. Yeah. And- continue to do that and I think that the symptoms of like going through menopause are much worse when you do that yes that makes that's my experience like if I'm not sleeping good if I'm not like if I'm stressing out if I'm burning the candle at both ends and like then it's like it all explodes and like I'm getting like hot flashes and it's like like the rest and yeah. the, time, the time for quiet and rest is so important. Yeah. Because, and you may still not sleep, but like having that time yeah. for yourself and for self-care is, is really yeah. important this time. You know, some, so many women leave their careers at this age as well because they feel like yeah. they can't keep up or like they're going to burn out. Yeah. Yeah. And women just, just leave what, you know, at the peak of their career, really. Yeah. At this mm. Totally. Yeah. Because it's exhausting. And it's not accommodated. No. Accommodated in the workplace. It's not, you know, people feel like it needs to be masked. Yeah. Yeah. And they're burning out. Yeah. And I can see that even like, I mean, not to make this about social media and asana, but I feel that way with asana. I'm like, I'm like, I don't need to keep up with 20 year olds who have like, boatloads of energy or even 30 year olds who have boatloads of energy zero children zero responsibilities and four hours to practice every day and, and to re- and to sleep in the middle and, of the and day. yeah like I don't that's not a, a realistic expectation at this time and, and stage in my life no and, so, and this we were talking about before hours of, if I had two hours to myself every day yeah. I wouldn't spend it like that either it's not <laughs> exactly I think I've just come to this point where I'm like there's more that I, I want to do with myself than spend yeah. two hours on my mat. You know, I, yeah. I want to live. 100%. Yeah. Look life. I, I want to participate. Totally. I want to I leave the house and walk outside. Yes. I want to participate <laughs> in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and all that is on offer. Yeah. I, I hear you completely with that. I don't feel that pressure anymore. That said, like we were talking about with the looking back at that young person, I love yeah. Days, I really do long for those days, mm. practices, and those days. No, like all of it, all of it. It's uh, it was yeah, a- it's like a battle, though, right? Where you yeah. kind of like catch yourself going back and forth with yes. it, like, oh, yes. I wish I, you know, was had that time, and yeah. like, <laughs> and then you're like. Well, that's just not even a reality. So. Yeah. Or like you try, like one day I'll get on the mat and I'll like try and push myself. And I'm like, no, you know what? It's just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand. Longer, but I'm not going to do it. 
And I look back at when Indy was little, I mean, you would have done this as well, but when she was a baby, I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning and yeah. practice before she got up at six. Yeah. So I'd do this practice and then I'd get up and run around after her all day. Yeah. And then go to bed and just, it, just do it again, like a mouse in a wheel. I know. And then yeah. there's no, there's no break. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of stay. And yeah. But yeah. those are the ways. I I have a, a question for you. Just to, before we 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 break, mm-hmm. I um I was going to ask you about gymnastics, but I think I'm going to leave that to to one <laughs> side. It seemed like you have a whole other career that wasn't teaching yoga, that wasn't in the theater, that wasn't as recruiting. Sales. Sales. <laughs> you were a qualified strategic psychotherapist. Oh no, I studied. I am. I have. It's not a career that I've, 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 I worked in, but I've studied it. I studied. And you're, cl- and you're a clinical hypnotherapist. Yes, it's the same. It's one qualification. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, so it seemed like you you could have done that. I could have. You know Ooh. what? <laughs> she might still. <laughs> I can use that in what I'm doing, but yeah. I, I after okay <laughs> after this accident, and I just felt like everything was sort of taken away, and I started from zero. And I was in this position where I had to make decisions, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "What do you want to do?" <laughs> Insurance company, like, "What are you going to do?" You need to find work. I have seen speaking to a um, psychologist, like, "What are you going to do?" We need to find work. You need to, you know, make decisions. And it was a position I never really wanted to be in. And suddenly I'm finding myself like, what do I want to do? What am I going to do? And I studied, well, I was super interested in that because I find hypnotherapy fascinating and really cool um, in conjunction with with other modalities. But um, so I just decided to study that. Well, not long after I'd had this accident just as a, because I needed to do something. Right. And I found it really helpful on a personal level. And mm-hmm. actually I find it helpful regularly, but it's not what I want to do. Okay. It's just not what I it's not what I want to do. And funnily enough, I then went on and decided I'm going to do business coaching. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I I had started my own businesses and I wanted to help women start their own businesses, particularly mums, and then I built this whole business around it and then realized, oh no, that is not what I want to do. What I want to do is study nutrition. And it was the mm-hmm. first thing I came to when I, after the accident, when the questions started coming up, yeah. I said, I want to study nutrition. I want to either study nutrition or speech therapy. And the people I, who were advising me at the time, and you have, to, you have to have some context here because I was in a very low place. Like I was, quite mm-hmm. yeah. I was not really that capable of making good, solid decisions for myself. You know, I was coming out of a real place of fear and of a need, like a need to find something to do, not what do I want to do. Right. And that was like one of the things that I, I knew I could do and using that psychotherapy and, you know, you apply it for the mindset training and I built this whole business around that, business coaching, and then took on a couple of clients before I realised, uh-uh. This is what was I thinking? This is not me. This was never me. Like I was, right. <laughs> I've, it's not me at all. I'm not interested in this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something that I thought I could do. And then and then when I started feeling, I guess, a lot better physically yeah. and mentally, emotionally, and a lot more like myself, I started to realise actually I always knew what I wanted to do. It's always what I wanted to do. It was something that I had been thinking about studying many times over the last sort of 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's but awesome. it does it doesn't form what you do them these other modalities. It can be it can be be part of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'll all be yeah. a piece of the puzzle. So I'm looking at what I'm going to put together is using some of the movement stuff and some of the mindfulness and yeah, you know, using the nutrition and putting together a full package for to help women yeah. in this period. Yeah. yeah, not just food, like we're yeah. saying. It's not. It's it's a. There's a whole lot going on. It's taking yeah. the right. <laughs> knowing so I, talks, knowing how to listen to your body, like so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because I, I could imagine like giving up drinking a bottle of wine every night. Like <laughs> a bit of hypnotherapy could really be really helpful. Probably <laughs> just a small sip. Yeah, and also just very involved still with nutrition base. You see. <laughs> <laughs> Helpful. It's, people use it for quitting smoking a lot. Yeah, I know. Oh, really? yeah. My, yeah. Our friend uh, Sarah from uh, England was a hypnotherapist. Is a hypnotherapist. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had her on the show. Your business now is is it is it fully formed and can people find you and and it's and... not fully formed. I wish it was. It is being mm. formed as we speak. So okay. I don't know when this will go live. Um, but they can reach out to you. I'm they can reach sure. out to me and yeah. um, find me on Instagram and um, yeah. yeah, and I will have my website up live soon. So I'm not I'm not qualified okay. yet. Okay, well we'll yeah. look forward to that. And how can people find you we on can Instagram? Add it to the show notes. Nadia, you do have you do have Nadia. I've got the website. It's not yeah. the information. Okay. Okay. So. okay, so Nadia Nadia Stinger Rahani on. <laughs> On Instagram. Uh, Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. Okay, and my website good. will be com. There's, there's an enormous number of pictures and photographs of your beautiful children. And I think you, you married Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> on Easter, no less. That's on good. Easter, no. He's no a beautiful, beautiful Jesus-like man. <laughs> it's very nice. Very yeah. Is yeah. he still teaching yoga? And he's teaching um, privately, but yeah. not teaching. You know what? We just didn't want to teach. He didn't want to teach in the early mornings anymore. It was like, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's, it's not. Yeah, so he has actually gone on and studied to become a migration agent. Oh, wow. To help people to migrate to. Yeah, to Australia. Immigrate to Australia. Yeah, you know, it's like five languages. Oh, and yeah. really interested in migration and all of this wow. stuff. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and he still does some privates and yeah. like yeah. streets and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Nice. Well, he'd be the first person That's I'd cool. want to see if I was, if I was. If you were going to migrate to Australia. Or walk through the pearly gates or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <little> <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nice to see you guys. Yeah. It's so beautiful to see you too. Yeah. Thank you so much really for coming on and having coming... such a fun yeah. conversation. Thank you guys. Fun I'm sure women around the world will be very intrigued. <laughs>
I'd listen to the show. Oh, and men. Yeah, and I'm men. sure. Yeah. Especially men with <laughs> wives in their 40s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole other show. It's a whole other show. <laughs> oh, have a good night, guys. I hope you get a lot of sleep. Thank you. I appreciate you it. Thank you, Nadia. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow, watching the breaking waves, there's a heart.